Hello and welcome to the long-awaited return of the Rosie Posey podcast, the official podcast of Boyerig Rose Athletic Football Club. We've been away, we're sorry, but with such a big game on the horizon on Tuesday night, as Boyerig Rose looked to seal their spot in the pyramid playoffs, we thought there was no better time to listen to the masses and bring some Boyerig blether back into your lives. In case you're new or in case you've forgotten, which we certainly wouldn't blame you for, my name is Sean McGill and I'm joined, as always, by television's Amy Caravan. How are you? I'm okay. I was prepped for a video, so I went and brushed my hair and brushed my teeth for the first Did time you? since the last podcast. Since the last podcast. <laughs> uh, so to be told upon my arrival that it was just going to be audio, I'm a little bit miffed, to say the least. Yeah, man. Yeah, my notes reflect a video podcast. So if I do slip in somewhere in one of my rants that that makes it sound like we're on audio, on video, sorry, we're not on video. It just didn't really work out for us this time. We're pushed for time. We want to get this out so we can, uh, as many people can listen to it and get get you all excited for what's a really big game to come on Tuesday night. That's going to be the focus of the show. But I mean, it's our first time doing this podcast this season, and we kind of need to start there and say that we're really sorry for that because we know that people really enjoyed this podcast. What are you saying, sorry? I will take the blame because you have been pestering me for a Mm. long time. Multiple messages between Sean and I going, bring up the podcast back this week, bring it back this week. So it is my fault. I will take full blame. Um, But yeah, it's people of our calendars to be fair. I will take the blame. Yeah, no, you can take the blame, but I'll be safe in that knowledge that it is also partly my fault because I don't think any of us either of us expected to have such a hectic sort of end of last year like just the way that both our uni schedules worked out and all that sort of stuff and it was great it's great to get our friend uh, Cameron Monster on, bo- on board as well who people will know if they keep up with our media type stuff previews match reports yeah well we've got to pretend that we're all pals eh? but it's just the uh, Actually, you don't you don't pretend you're my pal at all, really, do you? Who are you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. As I said, television's Amy Caravan. That's written into our contract now. That's how she has to be introduced. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Cam's really sorry that he can't be here as well. It'd be great to introduce people to, to him in that sense, but um, he'll be back soon, we very much hope. Um, and I mean, one of the big hang-ups that we've not been able to do this podcast this season is the fact that it's been so unbelievably successful so far. I don't think we could have uh, anticipated that this it would have panned out the way that it has. Maybe that's a question for you. At the start of this season, having got introduced to the club last year, seen the things that we'd achieved. I mean, obviously the season got cut short and uh, a lot of things were going well, but did you expect that we could be in this position now coming off the back of the, the pandemic and things open up again that with just an a decent number of games to go that Bonner Rose could be just one game away from securing playoff status? Um, I think I definitely thought it would be there and thereabouts. There's no denying that. Yep. Um, especially since we've been involved in the club, it has just been you know a, a continual success, really, um, despite, obviously, what ended up transpiring last season. So despite perhaps what maybe outsiders and others within the league and whatnot maybe had their opinions, you know, and there was other clubs that were getting touted and to be honest, I actually can't think of anybody who, who really backed those, really fancied those. Um, and I think everybody knows other clubs that, that you know, were, were kind of mentioned at the time. 
but I always yeah I, I certainly remember being a little bit like oh well I think that's better not disrespectful but I thought it was a bit odd that perhaps nobody really fancied considering you know well it, it was really us who were up who were up there last season obviously alongside his co-bride um, and the season before but, as well I mean there was yeah. the, the, the first one they got cut short there, there was no champion club Rose were having an amazing season that season yeah, too that continual success really um that, that I was just referring to so um I don't think I anticipated this kind of position but I don't think anybody mm. really could have like so comfortable I um, certainly felt that it would be you know well within the mix um but to be at this stage you know we're at this moment in time we're still in February uh, mm-hmm. and to be in such a you know like I say comfortable there's no really other word to describe it as a really luxurious position to be in right mm-hmm. now I don't think really could have um, forecast that. No, I I think I'm probably quite similar to you in the sense that I definitely thought there or thereabouts, but if I'm being completely honest with myself, I I think it was more hope than I, and and that's nothing against the the teams, I just thought with with budgets and and coming off the back of a really difficult couple of years, I just didn't know if if that success could be maintained, but I think this club sort of thrives on that, that they they were written off a bit, or they're maybe everyone's absolute favourite, and the fact that uh, the season's panned out the way it has kind of just feeds into this a uh, great mentality that we, we have at this club and something that we've been so lucky to be a part of over over the last year and a half it is now really um would you say you've noticed any sort of wholesale differences from this team then obviously the core of the team's very much the same but I mean, this run that we're on and the season that we've had, is there any sort of big changes you notice in this side from the one that you were first introduced to uh, in your first season at the club? Well, you see, the, the core players are, are all still really there. Um, but I think you can see the difference, you know, the two real different players who are in week in, week out right now is obviously um, Bradley Barrett and, and Callum Conley. They're the two that have really you know, t- taken off, obviously, when we first came in as well for probably the, what, si- first six, seven months of our time, maybe perhaps Alan Horn wasn't there as well. So mm-hmm. I think those three players in particular, if you had to outline anybody, which I know you don't, I don't want to do, mm-hmm. but um, I think because week in, week out, you know, they, they are always there. Um, but I think from this season, just flat out this season, um, I think, you know, Brad being the number one, um, you know, he's, he's just always always so consistent he's always just he's another attacking option there's um no two ways about it but I think as debut seasons go really as well as you know stepping up a division um you know it's that old cliche but but Calum has really took it taken to it sorry like a like a duck does to water um he's just been so you if you asked anybody you know you wouldn't know that he didn't play for years alongside alongside Johnny and and Lee so I think that that's a credit to him mm. um and I just think what he offers, you know, I just think so. Say that uh, at the weekend at, at Peffer Mill, um, where I was standing in the stand, obviously, um, and we were it's so close, it's like the little hut kind of kind of uh, thing. Like Cal just, I never once saw him lose the header from a from a throw in. You know, care every single time. It's and it's just that it's a simple it's the simplest thing like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know. Lee and, and Johnny, they're not the tallest, or if you're going further forward, you know, Ross certainly isn't. So if you're looking, it's just another outlet, really. Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's something that Callum offers that perhaps could have been arguably missing. Um, 
and he's so good at switching in between that defensive mentality. But then sometimes you watch him and he's almost in like a front three. Um, he's so versatile and I think that's that's crucial right now to to the success really and what a goal scoring run he's on right now as well. So to go back to your original question, probably the two the two biggest changes is the two personnel because the rest of the core of the team, you know, they're, they're exactly mm. the same. Um, obviously with a few rotations up front, I think Kieran Hall's been a great addition as well. Um, you know, big goals at big times. Um, but other than that, that, that core team, I think it, it really does remain the same. And I think that's actually probably one of the greatest reasons for exhibition. You know, every single year, Robbie's managed to keep the hold of, of Lee, of Kerr, you know, of, of George Hunter. Every single year, Al Horn, how, you know. Yeah, how, you keep going forever. Uh, <laughs> you keep going. You can name absolutely everybody. So mm. I think probably the greatest strength and the greatest asset is actually, you know, keeping that core mm. together. Yep, and just making those one or two additions and also making changes. But when you're talking about the season that Brad's had, um, that was his eighth goal of the season uh, on Saturday. But he came in in January of last year as that sort of like another forward option. And and I think Brad would say himself that that didn't necessarily work out perfectly. There was a, We had his back to goal and that's probably not his game. He wanted to run at people. I mean, that's why one of the times that... Um, Robbie was so impressed by uh, Bradley was in that King's Cup final where um, we, we lost uh, and, and Bradley played so well for Trenent and he, he ran it that, that rose back line and he's getting to do that from that left wing back role and doing it so, so well that it's made a massive difference to this team and especially when you've, Dean Hoskins went on an unbelievable scoring run this season and uh, and he and, and him and Bradley have both sort of been vying for that position and it's, it's so, so good to see. So I completely agree with you in, in that sense and another big change for us has been we hadn't really met a lot of Rose fans <laughs> it was just of course the committee are so hard working and so invested in the club and that's another reason that we've sort of fallen in love with this club but the fact that the punters who just come through the door we hadn't seen them because they weren't allowed in for so long so um, what kind of difference do you think that's made to the team that this season to have the shed making all that noise when uh, there's a foul or, or something's not going their way and just having that atmosphere back at Newton this Park I think there's like 400 uh, linesmen in there, isn't there? <laughs> they um, love it. <laughs> every single onside, offside call without a shadow of a doubt. Um, no, it's been great. You know, every second half in particular, you see it, um, obviously, you know, shooting down to, to, towards the shed. But, you know, in all honesty, you just have to look around the last part. Like, it's unbelievable. The, the turnout week in, week out. Um, Anybody who obviously has been at the games recently has known that we've not been up in the gantry because Sean, I know it's unbelievable, has had a shoulder injury. Not that he likes to mention it. Um, It's not just an injury, I had serious surgery, Amy. Thank you very much. Serious surgery, I am. Yeah, I know, I'm taxi. On Christmas Um, Eve, no less. Oh, God. (laughs) The nightmare of Christmas. Um, But yeah, so obviously we've not been up in the gantry as much, so we've been, you know, walking around the, the grounds and every single time you know you, you do you struggle to find a decent spot because they're, they're all taken um and i think that speaks volumes but where we've managed to we've been standing obviously um behind the dugouts and when you're looking onto the shed it is actually a joy because when we're <laughs> up there we're like down on and we just see like a bunch of heads and hats mm-hmm. um and that's that's kind of from a restricted view uh, the way that the angle works out so to to look on it is, it is it's amazing and you know i think we spoke about it with with our friends, we certainly spoke about it as well. Um, with you know, just actually other other folk within within the industry when they ask us about it, that there's so many there that you know, despite being a, a lowland league club, 
how many of those week in week out that, that if you asked you know a, a Rose fan who, who's your big team they would still say Rose you know it's mm-hmm. not like oh, Hearts and then Rose obviously there, there is a bit of that and by no means does that make you less of a fan of um not. Not, not at all but I think it speaks volumes that for so many this is you know this is that one club um one club love really um so it, it has been great to get the fans back through the stands um and to not have any kind of restricted numbers on it as well because even then when they first started to you know dwindle through you're thinking wow but you know the, the Berwick game um I think in particular really stood out because mm-hmm. they brought up of crowd um that's the one that really sticks out in my mind um and i think because we were at the rangers game <laughs> that had 950 but neither of us were there unfortunately or fortunately um ruined birthday weekend yeah, <laughs> um, true true but uh, no you're if, going back and it's just great to see at that level you know you can put so many SPFL sites to shame the the numbers that, that flood through um ntp gates week in week out and we love we love seeing y'all and chatting to you. So please do grab us if we're, we're walking about, even if we are. Sometimes we can get a bit frantic on match days, can't we? <laughs> we're trying to get up for commentary or something. Don't eat all the pies because last week Sean was absolutely oh, furious no. that we went time and there were no pies. I've been so, told it was because the weather. We didn't know if the game was going to be on, so we didn't go overboard with the pies. But when I got to the front of the queue and and Donald stuck his head out there <laughs> <laughs> and said there was no pies left, I was absolutely gutted. Um, I don't know, that's probably the most disappointed I've been at near the last part this season, I reckon, because um, there's not been uh, many other excuses to be. Um, well, sort of, hopefully later on in the season, and but hopefully we're looking back in a positive light and we can maybe do more of a sort of like season retrospective type thing. But uh, for the first time in a long time, let's analyse our Rose game, Amy, because it feels like ages since we've actually done that through the medium of voice. Sean, I have to drive you home week in, week out. We do it in the car every single week. I have to listen to your ramblings and your perspective because your perspective is always right. Always right. <laughs> well, of course, let's get my perspective on this one. Robbie Horn's men picked up another big three points on Saturday afternoon, overcoming the blustery conditions at Peffermill to prevail over Edinburgh University two goals to nil. Uh, there was a sense of deja vu in this one, Amy, because the previous week against Bonus, that first half was pretty uneventful and it felt very much the same, just this time the ball was flying about in the air a lot more than the week prior. Yeah, it was a tough watch. <laughs> that way. I yeah. think actually the week before, I think the Bonus game was a tougher watch. I felt that was really... Um, uneventful it was tough because the the pitch as well mm-hmm. um you know but credit goes to every single committee member i'm going to say marie first because my match report last week put marie last you, you better that by the way i got a bit of a rollick in there so i will make sure that i name her first this time but yeah everybody <laughs> who made sure that MVP was um, ready last week for the bonus game deserves uh, a huge pat on the back but yeah going back to Saturday there it was really blustery conditions you know I've actually I did feel for, for both keepers to be fair um, I think um, Mark a few times probably got a little better distribution but there was a few you know um, Nick Buxton for, for Edinburgh Uni there was one I don't even think it made it almost outside his box you know <laughs> um, 
and I, I actually I really felt from because you're just like what what are you trying here pal um but you were fighting yeah the, I think you you said that yourself that, that the wind was the winner actually in, in that first half so far um it was tough to get any real fluidity going in the game especially because with Sean Brown coming in you're you're using his physicality um you know he's, he's such a, a massive outlet to to aim towards so Mark's wanting to pick him out you know Cal's wanting to pick him out Kerr certainly wanting to pick him out so it's tough because the balls just quite simply weren't weren't really reaching but and what, what I actually thought Sean had a really good game I thought he was quite unlucky to to not get a goal um I think he's done a lot of good work and just you know it's going to sound so cliche of me but that off the ball business it just drags players away um but I was I was um yeah I found that a, a tough first half to watch there's no denying that oh yeah definitely and the thing is it wasn't just a case of oh you can definitely just keep on the deck then because the weather hadn't been great the pitch had taken a batter in in that sense as well so it's sort of like damned if you do damned if you don't um, but yeah, there wasn't much to write home about in that first half. I think I was pretty quiet on socials and I wasn't really sure what Calm was going to come up with on match report. But sorry, it was the sun. Like, I know you, like, we were obviously on different sides of the park. Mm -hmm. um, but so, like, I was facing, obviously, um, from, from the stand side kind of thing. So, looking west. Um, and the sun was, you know, Ryan and I, we were both going, like, couldn't even see a thing. And when it was in the far corner, it was just guesswork. The sun was blinding. Um, mm. So but I know that sounds like, my God, now I'm, I'm moaning about the sun, I'm moaning about the wind. Like, I'm just <laughs> not moaning. Um, can't get happy. But there was, it wasn't the ideal conditions at all. So there was a lot of blinding going on. A lot of blinding. Um, it was a much better second half, though, and it didn't take too long for Scott Gray to open the scoring. Um, obviously, it was great to just see Bonner get the lead in a game that we knew would set us up for um, for Tuesday night and, and where that could go. But on a personal sense, after Scott being out of the team for so long with that big injury layoff, he came back uh, just last week and to get his goal so soon after, after putting up a, a really, really good performance at right wing back in the absence of Dean Brett, it was great to see on a personal level as well, I mean. Absolutely. Um, and you know, for him against Bonnes to put ninety minutes in like a proper shift mm -hmm. um, after that injury, that was, you know, none of us. I know you've had a shoulder injury, but none of us can really imagine like what what that kind of entails. Mm -hmm. um, and again, it was just another terrific performance from Scott. It was a great goal as well. Finished it really well. And um, great movement. Um, a great team goal. But yeah, on a personal note, he obviously just likes going against Uni. You know, got the seventh. Um, earlier on in the season, but scored the, the, the first goal against Uni last time, played them at Perfumil, which was like, what, two years ago now? Just mm -hmm. over two years ago. So, um, yeah, he's obviously got a, a wee streak going on there, but it was another terrific performance. And it's just, you know, he is so versatile, like you're saying, he's filling in for Dean Brett right now, but, you know, you could chuck him almost anywhere on the park and he's going to, you know, he's going to give 110%. I still think it was, it was last season, wasn't it? wasn't it well in our first season he was your uh, player of the season yeah. for large spells of the, the, mm -hmm. the time yeah and that was in midfield for most of the time as well because uh, yeah, um, Dino was so consistent at right wing back and I think that that's probably where Scott sees himself most it's sort of the the front of that midfield three uh, in front of Johnny and Lee um, but he's proved his worth in being so versatile I mean sometimes he had to do that last season he did have to go out on the odd occasion that Dean was missing but it did that so well and like we said after coming off the back of the, the layoff I just think that's incredibly impressive um, 
and it, I think the link up between him and Ross on a few occasions, the sort of telepathy there, uh, just the really nice f- first touches and laying it off to each other, especially in the first half, I thought those were the, the best moments of quality was when uh, the, the, the Grey brothers were linking up um, and the only real time you saw too much quality in that first half, just like we said, the conditions were so poor. Um, it didn't take too long for Rose to double their lead and it was from one wing back to the other. This time, Bradley Barrett, like we said, getting his eighth goal of the season. Um, and he was massively impressive, I thought, in that game. I mean, like we said, we struggled for quality, but when there was a real sort of moment of, of, of threat, it did quite often come from that left-hand side through Bradley, who was knocked down quite a few times. I think uh, uni players were trying to stick the boot in a wee bit. Yeah, he was um, he was in for a real tussle actually with uh, uni's number two, Luke Murray. I think if you had to listen to my full commentary, which thankfully you didn't, I think that's the name that I probably said the most was you know Luke Murray, Bradley Barrett. Um, he, he had a really good game, Murray. Um, and I, as I, as you kind of outlined there, I can imagine that you know they they saw that the Brad would be the threat, tried to nullify him, and, and they certainly certainly done so. You know, um, in the first half, obviously. Brad was on my side um, and you know you're you're seeing him on the deck so often and you know through through obviously through genuine fouls not not diving or anything like that um, but because he was just always so creative on the ball and I just mm. felt there was a lot of good link up play you know Neil Marston you could think and Brad right now have got a really good partnership going and you hear them they're so vocal Neil is so vocal in particular and he's always telling them when to drop when to go I am um, and I just think it's um, it's credit to the side right now. But I was delighted for Brad to get his goal because I do think it was a, 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 like a tough afternoon just because it was, you know, he was probably up against, I would say, look, Murray was probably Uni's best player. Didn't have a lot going forward, you know. Um, Ennis Lawson and Patrick Baird didn't really offer too much. Ennis Lawson in particular, I think there was a lot of frustration. Um, but... That that's again credit to Rose. So for, for Brad to get that goal, and I think Cam said it in a post match to Robbie afterwards. Um, you know to see it off both flanks, uh, off both wing banks. Sorry to to get the goals. Uh, that's what I'm saying. You know, Brad's just a, another attacker, and, and Scott is is exactly the same when it's him. And if not, then you know Dean Brett's always there and thereabouts. Don't know where I prefer him, um, Dean Brett on the park or off the park. I do think we need to get him on socials. I but. If, uh... The only thing is we need to put like a disclaimer that we need to get it written in somewhere that whatever he does can't negatively affect us. It's basically my... If, if, if something bad happens... I just want to... I'm, covering, I'm completely fine by saying that because <laughs> letting that man loose <laughs> on a public forum uh, is a dangerous game, but it would be great content. So uh, I think... I don't know. It'd be, it'd be, he's not suspended anymore, so he's, he might be... Oh, that's what he's I've, got, I've got to get on it, but uh, we'll see. Yeah. Maybe one day, maybe one day. Um, we used our, our subs a lot, uh, that, that squad that we were talking about there, pretty quickly after that. Um, and it speaks really well to the strength of the squad, in particular seeing Kieran McGacky back, who's been such a massive player this season. You can't really uh, understate that enough. Does he see him back on the pitch after a never-ending suspension because <laughs> the game's postponed and that it went on for what? It would have been 13th of December we were down there. Is that right? That's the January we were there, and he's only just got back now because uh, <laughs> there been so many games suspended, after, or a three-game suspension, I think. Um, so, yeah, how great to see uh, all the subs come off the bench and, and do that early so everyone's fresh, but I guess especially Keyes considering he's been out for a while. 
Yeah, he's had a massive impact this season. Um, you know, I think he's still, despite this time out, I think he's still trying to figure out how exactly he did get sent off. But there we go. Um, I still think so. <laughs> right. um, Yeah, no, it's great to see him back. He's been so crucial this season. He's had a massive season, but kind of done it without, you know, too many people actually noticing. Um, which I think, you know, kind of does speak volumes. I just, he, he gets goals at crucial times. I remember when you were speaking to him um, after, what what milestone was it that he hit? 100 goals for the club. 100 goals. I did, I thought, I thought it was that, and I thought, oh, better not say that in case it wasn't. Um, <laughs> and I was like, oh. Um, he, he was like, you know, I never get the, um, I never get the, the league winning goal. I never get the cup winning goal, anything like that. Um, he never gets the big time goal. But I think this season he's got so many of them. Um, and I think he deserves to be reaping the awards. The rewards, sorry. Um, he's just such a massive presence. There's no denying that. You know, you listen to him come on the other day and he just does not stop talking. Um, and it's you can see it bugs opposition and, and well, it would bug me but I, I love it exactly and I think it's especially given this season you know Gio's really struggled with injuries um, it's great to see him back he got a decent warm up um, on Saturday and he's still I think he's probably still a few weeks away but he's not been in the you know, in the side as consistently as the light. So there's been a lot of reliance on Kira McGaffey. Um and he's, you know, he's took that took that challenge on really and um hit every single marker that he, he kind of had to. And with the support of Kieran Hall as well, like I say, who I think that little and large partnership's one that we certainly like to see Ross Gray as well stepping forward mm-hmm. into that position. I think probably since the turn of the year he's been undroppable. Um, you know, he's putting in a hell of a shift. He always puts in a shift, but it's just been, he's taken his game up, up another notch recently. Um, and Nathan Evans as well, obviously coming off the bench and he, he's um, running at, at tired defenders. So uh, it's great to have him back and it's great to have him back going into these um, final games of the season. And uh, I, said, I have to say, it's, I hope he's in the starting lineup tomorrow, I do. Uh, there's plenty of time to get those big goals, Keys. He said he didn't have them before. There's plenty of time this season. Lots of big goals to be scored, hopefully. Um, there was the chance that Rose could have sealed playoffs on Saturday. We all knew that that was a possibility as we were chatting before the game and it depended on a result down at Netherdale between Gallifrey and Rovers and East Kilbride. If East Kilbride lost that game and uh, Bonnerig had won, that would have meant that playoffs were secured for Robbie Horn's side. East Kilbride won 5-2, a very impressive result for them because we know ourselves all too well uh, how good a performance and how good a team um, Gala can, can be on their day. Um, so it meant that it, it rolls on to Tuesday, where they have their chance. No matter what, if Bonnerig win against Cumberland Colts on Tuesday, they will have secured their status as uh, the sort of champion club without having won the league uh, as of yet. And um, they'll go to the, the Pyramid playoffs to play the winners of the Highland League. Um, but it's a Colts side who picked up a, a 1-0 win at home to Berwick Rangers on Saturday, courtesy of a 65th minute Dylan Forrest header. What a big boost to their confidence, Amy, considering that they've probably struggled for consistency this season. Um, they're, they're sort of languishing towards the bottom half without being in any, any trouble, uh, of course. Um, so to get that win over Berwick, a, a team who are h- higher in the league than them, uh, will sort of um, boost their confidence a lot. Yeah, there, there's no denying that. It's um, probably one of the, the bigger shots, shocks of the weekend, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Berwick 
they have a lot of experience, um, you know, certainly within within the higher leagues as well. You know, there's always going to be a little bit of a lucrative selling to the name Berwick Rangers, you know. Mm-hmm. Although it is actually a lot longer than it seems, it doesn't feel that long ago that Berwick were, were in the, the professional league setup, you know, um, and an extremely, you know, historic club. There's there's no two ways around that, really. Um so yeah, for, for them to get that, that's a, that's a huge result. And as at this point, as you say, they're they're not really in any danger at all of going down, or you know, they're just going to kind of be a, a mid-table uh, club towards the end of the season. So just to get a bit of momentum going, you know, that's absolutely massive. And they'll know they'll want to be the ones that get to spoil the party, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, especially you know if they see this hit the timeline, you're thinking, well, how timely? You know, Rose just getting on a little bit on their high horse or anything like that. So for them, you know, that's you know ammunition just to go and throw throw a spanner in the works, and mm. the confidence of the weekend will undoubtedly you know carry on into that. And like, and I think um, obviously you were at the the Cumberland Colts game earlier on in the season as well. It certainly didn't go the way that uh, that Rose wanted to. So that they'll have all of that in the in the back burner um so th- their confidence rightly will be uh, will be more than high yeah and the pressure's I mean, on Rose 100 percent. yeah it's, it's Rose have got to go out and, and win that game and they'll be expected to by a lot of people in that ground and if it doesn't go the way for however long then you know what they're like <laughs> some of those fans they'll okay they'll make their voices heard and uh so that makes it certainly a very interesting one and you, you teed me up well there to talk about uh, the Cumberland Old game earlier this season unfortunately you couldn't make it what a day it was but I was there kicking about in shorts at uh, Broadwood which is one of the grounds I was still to check off in the SPFL so I was happy to do that a sort of established football ground in Scotland that um, lots of people have gone to for lots of different football clubs and the fact that um, you saw so many people in red and white there was just fantastic to see um, but what was frustrating then was the game because uh, Colts really stepped up. I thought I thought they played really well on the day. Just sort of nullified Rose. Just everything that they they had couldn't really get in behind them. Um, defensive really strong. Looked dangerous as well on the counter. It wasn't like uh, they, that's all they did. I mean, yet they spent large majority of the game defending, but um, they could have certain points. They could have nicked it absolutely. I remember it as being one of the first games seeing. Brad playing left wing back and uh, thinking this could go really well. I think he did a, a good job down that. And def- I remember a couple of times defensively when you think, oh, Rose looks stretched here and he would use his pace to, to get back in and help us out. So that's something that stands out um, from that game. But I just remember uh, the sort of disappointment already at having, especially because it was a big one over Celtic B on the opening day of the season and Celtic were really pushing us towards the end of that game and Rose did well to hold on. You thought that's a great win to start the season let's build on that with this game against Colts and unfortunately um, it, it didn't go that way and then you lose the next game to Seville and you're thinking what's going on here this is going to be a really tough season and I mean it's been near flawless since then so credit to the boys for getting over that difficult start but there'll still be memories of that game and, and how to overcome that do you remember the game against Colts at our place last season? I do actually yeah I do um, <laughs> Thank I you. My hair's just settled from that game. I was just going to say, did we do joint comms on that? I can't, even, I don't remember, I can't remember about commentary because all I can remember is the weather. Like, I uh, certainly do commentary. Right. Um, and that's because I can think of my, and I can think of my notes going, you know, everywhere. <laughs> uh, absolutely soaking. And it yeah. was, it was a stupid, 
night game and all of that. And it was um, it was horrible. It was horrible conditions. Horrible. It was genuinely horizontal rain. I mean, you think we might look cosy up in that gantry, but we just we absolutely weren't on that night. And a lot of people, most people listening to this won't have been there, unfortunately. But I mean, that's one of the ones where you might have just been better catching us up on, uh, us on the stream because it really was an absolute nightmare. So much so that both goals were affected by the weather. I remember it, there was sort of a, a looping free kick from Colts and it just sort of went, nobody could get on the end of it until I think it was Cameron Foy got his head on that one and eventually it ended up in the back of the net and then Scott Gray scored directly from a corner it was that one <laughs> I don't think that's what he was going for he might say he was but it just sort of I don't even care just flew and caught and spun and all that sort of stuff it ended up in the in the back of the net so um, yeah, it was an absolutely mental game and there was a, I remember there was a couple of chances towards the end where the wind almost helped Rose get the winner um, unfortunately it didn't happen on the day but uh, I mean and Colts came down to play us uh, was it Boxing Day we were meant to play in Colts have yeah. I made that uh, Boxing Day we were meant to play in Colts and then obviously we were snowed off that day so uh, hopefully the weather doesn't do a dirty on, on uh, tomorrow night and we can just have a a nice clean game um, the, the danger man that Rose will be looking out for is Sean Winter. 14 goals in the Lone League this season. Just four men have scored more in the competition this year. Would you hate me if I asked you if you could name any of the four? Would you get really annoyed I, at me? I can try. Go on. Go for um, it. People play along at home, eh? Like a quiz on the on, on this podcast. That's annoying because I did just look at it recently because... Oh, that's cheating then. So, no, but I can't think. So, Ennis Lawson's sixth. I know that. Um, there's going to be a Rangers player, and I don't know who it is because that's me being so. Um, what's the opposite of staunch? I know, I know. I think I'm like, what's the opposite of staunch? Uh, me being so loyal to my mini club. Uh-huh. Um, that's really annoying. Can don't can you not tell me? And can I think of them? Yeah, we'll just, just shout names out as as yeah. the, as it goes. Right? Okay. Yeah. Well. Uh, Name is. Can I tell you? Not, yeah, not that I really care, but um, it's Tony Weston. He's got the second most goals in the Lone League this season with twenty-one. Okay, right. I'll get thinking. Okay, and you can play along at home. So I'm looking for yeah. <laughs> the four. I'm, letting, I'm prolonging well, the game. See, yeah, I'm actually prolonging the game. Yeah, but you're the do, doing it for the fans. Doing it for the fans. So yeah. there's there's three more players to to say uh, who have scored more than fourteen goals in the Lone League this season, and and Rose will be. Oh, uh-huh. Blair Henderson. What was that? You cut off. Blair Henderson. Oh, yeah. Of course, Blair Henderson. Yeah, he's top scorer in the league, 27 goals. Yeah, okay. That's one down. So, yeah. Well, two down. Yeah, we're two down technically. Um, so, yeah. Um, they'll be keeping an, an, an eye on him. And Robbie spoke about in the post match, uh, if you're ready to go in without thinking too much, um, yeah. he, he said to Cam on Saturday that um, he hopes for a big crowd because we all know what's at stake in this game uh, how important do you think can the crowd be and, and the shed be and all around the ground be in this game um, when like we said there's so much on the line could, could it be, be a, a negative like we maybe alluded to there no I don't think so I think never get right behind there's excitement you know mm-hmm. and it's, it's all excitement now um, and I think there is a, a very firm belief not that this is a belief within the club, um, but I think there's a firm belief, you know, amongst the fans that it's, um, you know, it's when, not if now. So I think there's just that kind of confidence brewing, um, and rightly so. So 
a night game. There's always something a little bit special about a night game, actually, isn't there? I know, not a close game last year. Um, no. But by no man means. But there's, yeah, there's just something, you know, under the lights. Um, there's a little bit of uh, romanticism about it, I believe. And as I think it's been noted a few times, that Bonnig's the most romantic place in Scotland, isn't it? <laughs> um, so the stars are alignment. Um, but no, I don't think it could be any hindrance of, of uh, any stretch of the man- imagination. No, no, I don't think so either. I was just playing devil's advocate there at a wee bit, Amy, just trying to do my job as a host. I hope that's all right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think you're right to make that distinction between sort of fans and the club, and this is no sort of um, slight on the fans because they're well within the rights to get excited. How could you not get excited when you've watched this team Come on, this, this season? We're excited we're as well. We're not employed by the club, so we're fans. Nobody's we are fans. Barely anyone's exactly. employed by the club. It's all exactly. about the, the players and the manager and the amazing volunteers exactly. that, do, that do their stuff. Um, but yeah, I think Robbie's said it so many times this season that um, take it game by game, nothing's guaranteed. We, we, we prescribe to that completely. Nothing is guaranteed. There's still a lot to play for this season. And of course, this team wants to go on and, and win the league title in the position that they're in, just two wins away from, from doing that. So they'll very much hope that they can wrap that up as quickly as they possibly can. And we hope that you'll join us uh, for all of that. Yeah, I think we're running out of time, Amy, so I'm going to have to ask you for these names. Is it, is it a Celtic player? No. Oh, because I was going to say Ben Summers. So that's really annoying. Um, can I get a club? Yes, you can get uh, so fourth place is civil service strollers. Hello. To be fair, you haven't. Did you, you might have missed both civil games this season. Oh no, you saw us play on NDP, did you? I only know a few civil. Um, Aloe Fee. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> I did get that before you'd done that. <laughs> Sean Dunn, um, for those of you who are not watching, done a, like a tall, he lifted his hands above his head. He's a very tall man. He's a very, he very tall man. He's massive. I, I can uh, very much picture him at the uh, New Dundas Park. Yeah. And um, third place is Dalbeat Star. And their surname also is in our team. Curry. Russell Curry. Oh, we're not going to your first name, but thank uh, you. See? So, yeah, there we go. There we go. Nice wee quiz for you. And uh, maybe we'll do a more Rose-related quiz. We'll, that'll, be, that'll be part of our retrospective as we'll get that's Cam to... Podcast, done a Rose quiz. Yeah, that's, I think that's the last one we did with, with, with Jake. That I won. That I yeah, won. Very, very... Na- was it not a tiebreaker or something like that? I think it was mm-hmm. very, very... Uh, I just remember it being very narrow. I remember being cheated, actually, um, <laughs> is the way I see it. Uh, but that's it from us and uh, as Amy said we really do hope you can get yourself down to New Dundas Park on Tuesday night for a 7.45pm kickoff as Bonnie Rig Rose Athletic look to secure playoff football and take one big step towards the ultimate goal of promotion still a long way to go still absolutely no certainty but still we hope that you'll be there under the lights to see what could be a key part of this club's epic journey if you can't make it, luckily for you, we'll be streaming live on Facebook for the price of £5.99 with commentary from myself and Amy. We're back at it. We've not done a Woo-hoo! duo call. Well, we've not done a duo call since Celtic B, but Celtic B also no, included Amy, Amy holding a tripod in her hand with my phone attached to it 
with zip ties, maybe about 15 nice. zip ties put around this, <laughs> this phone to keep it intact. There was, it was They've all seen the video. They've all seen the video. Yeah, we've all seen the video. It's, it's, uh, it's a highlight of, <laughs> of what's been a really rough couple of years, actually. <laughs> it's right up there. <laughs> um, details on how to purchase that are on our Facebook and our Twitter, and I'll leave the link in the description to this podcast as well. Um, so you can just click on that and get all the details that you need. Um, don't forget to subscribe to Bonnie Rose TV. We do hope we'll do podcasts on there in the future, but for the time being, there's match highlights, there's interviews, there's all that good stuff. Um, and we have to say a massive thank you to the brilliant RB Broadcasting, Ryan Callum, who've come in and done such a good job when you're seeing those shots behind the goals. What a difference that makes to your football highlights. I mean, he's, he, they're absolutely smashing out of the park. They're so good. It's incredible. As Sean did point out, we are by no means, we may be okay voicing over cameras, but behind the cameras, oh, we're useless. he's not that good either. So no. to have uh, Ryan and Cam here, just, they make it look so easy. It's so frustrating how good they are. I know. And here's a zip ties and all that <laughs> malarkey. And they come in and they've got, you know, tripods, like real tripods. They're just so fancy and so great. So, no, it's, uh, and they're lovely guys as well. So it's, um, it's a win-win, isn't it? Win win, absolutely. Um, and if you are going to be out tomorrow, you're not going to be able to be in front of a screen. Uh, there'll of course be social media updates. They'll be on our Twitter, which is Amy. Well, since we've done this, at Bonnerig Rose. Correct. And our Facebook. I don't know because Brendan Parkinson doesn't like me being a contributor. He's kicked me out. Um, You've been Dean Bretted in the Facebook. <laughs> I think it's something like Bonnery Rose Athletics. Something Who like cares? that. Who and, cares? Uh, yeah, that's it. And we'll, of course, have a match report on our website, bonnerygrosefc.co.uk. Make sure to subscribe to the Rosie Posey podcast wherever you get yours. And I'll finally wrap this up by saying thank you to Amy for joining me. Thank you to you for listening and for supporting the team all season. We really can't wait to see you all on Tuesday night for a night where hopefully Middledain's biggest club make another wee bit of history. So we'll see you then and on the rose. See you then.